All right, we'll start out with Mr. Villalobos. Would you like to begin with your two minute, or three minute, I'm sorry, opening statement? Good evening to all. Welcome, and thank you for being here to listen to us. I know it takes, again, we thank you for the time you've taken today to be engaged in your community. I'm a family man. I have, I'm, I've been married for 22 years. I have two children, a daughter and a son, who are very active in sports. They're very active in the fine arts. They're very active in education throughout this region. We have been all over this region, whether it's University of Texas, whether it's Texas State, whether it's out of state. And I believe in that, in, in, in the piece of, of, of education and engagement, not only locally, but to gain perspectives and a well-rounded idea of how life works outside of this area, right? So I have a degree in criminal justice. I have a master's degree in public administration. I've been a business owner for over 20 years. I have been in law enforcement for over 10. I started off as a patrol officer. I work myself up to be a supervisor, supervisor of criminal investigations, and then currently the lieutenant and chief of staff. Within those particular levels of administration, I have worked together with this community. There are people here that I've worked with one-on-one. -on -one. There are people here that I have addressed personal issues with one-on-one. -on -one. I have made announcements of death, and I have made announcements of things that are impending within your neighborhoods. I take that very personal as a representative here, is that when I split those, those, those two different positions, I take a personal interest when I, with what I'm going to share with you and how I'm going to engage you on behalf of the, the local government and how we are addressing uh, issues across the governance of our city. I am a member of the Combined Law Enforcement Association of Texas. I'm the member of El Centro Cultural Hispano de San Marcos. Uh, and the president or the outgoing president of the Hispanic Policy Network. I think it's important that you engage yourself in many different types of organizations so that you can have a well-rounded perspective on community engagement, economic development, public policy implementation. Those things are very important. Some of those things that are very important to me come out of, 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 of taking on experiences with the National Center for Institutional Diversity at the University of Michigan, which we look at global issues to bring back to local government. I think that's important. I think it's important to be, um, to be involved with various different areas of, of governance here with regards to safety, public safety, emergency response, and planning that allows us to respond to those areas. And that would include infrastructure planning, correct? Wastewater management, um, uh, uh, water, um, mobility, beautification, all of those different things. With regards to emergency response to your community and economic development and all those things that are intertwined, I understand with my experiences that from a global position and from a local position, they are all intertwined. They affect each other. And you have to speak from a global position to understand how it's going to affect each other. I thank you for your time again, and I thank you for, for being here. Thank you, Mr. McCutcheon. I feel like I should have been like Dex and wear a bow tie because I do own a Chevy, so I should have, I should have done that. Good evening to all of y'all, and thank y'all for being here. I decided to run for District 4 because I feel that the people that live in this district, as well as Kyle, do not feel that they have a voice in their elected government. My campaign slogan is, a new voice for Kyle. Not my voice, yours the people who constitute the government of this district and this city. On Facebook for this forum this evening, it states that we are the people who will be running this city. I'm not running anything. I run my home, and I help run a small business here in Kyle. The people 
government of this district will be running this district. I am only your elected public servant and will strive to run it by the agenda set by the people. As some of you know, I have been knocking on doors in this district and have had the opportunity to meet several folks. And during this interaction, I've learned a lot on what people want in District 4 and their city. For example, one person recommended a butterfly festival to celebrate the monarch butterfly, which I thought was really cool. Others have brought up less fast food chains and more local restaurants, more tourism and events in Kyle, the refurbishing of old downtown Kyle, and the need to nurture our small business. These are issues that I too believe in, and once in office, we'll work hard to make these dreams a reality. Not because it's my agenda, but rather yours. Let's work together to build a bright and prosperous future for our city with the quality of life that our citizens deserve. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Villalobos, I'll give you the first question. What do you think about the new sidewalk ordinance? You have two minutes. The new sidewalk ordinance, I think, with regards to many of the pieces of plan that I've seen, um, I believe needs to be critically assessed at a different level. I think it needs to be critically assessed to ensure that we're balancing what we're doing to address the sidewalk uh, and, you know, code and its, and, its enforcement and, and its enforcement. Because what I've seen here with regards to various different constituents, I've been in Plum Creek, we've been in other areas as well, We've been in Old Town Kyle that have addressed certain issues with sidewalk code, enforcement, beautification, repair, and everybody has different perspectives. But I think as, as, as your council member, I'm here to balance those perspectives, incrementally scale those particular areas and address those areas from a balanced perspective. Uh, I believe that the, 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 the code in and of itself, I would have wanted more perspective from an engagement from the city. With regards to the code enforcement, I wanted more perspective and engagement from the city in creating it. I think that when you infect a, a, or when you inject a public policy, it should take time because you should engage the community to be part of creating that policy. So to ensure that it's representing all the city, the entire city, and not just certain areas, or to address maybe an imbalance of that particular code. Okay. I, I, I truly believe in that. So in, 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 from my perspective in engaging the city, I will bring that city engagement piece, that partnership building, that timely accessibility to information to address a whole effort from the city to create policies and codes that are sensitive to all people in Kyle. Thank you, Mr. McCutcheon. You have two minutes. Um, in 1972, the city of Kyle created its charter. And in that was an ordinance that said that homeowners were responsible for sidewalk repairs in front of their home. I didn't know about this ordinance until I lived in my neighborhood for eight years. Um, at the time that the charter was created, or the ordinance rather, Kyle had very little infrastructure as well as very little money. So I can see why this ordinance was put into place and it worked for 30 years. In the last 15 years, Kyle's experienced phenomenal growth. And now, 45 years after this ordinance was put into place, the city's infrastructure as well as budget has grown as well. The city does have a pilot program in place with $50,000 to address this issue, but that amount is not nearly enough. I will work with the mayor 
city council, city manager, and city staff to ensure that the city assumes this responsibility for the homeowners of Kyle and District 4. Thank you, Mr. Villalobos. You have 30 seconds. Clearly, I agree. $50,000 is not enough to address those, to address the sidewalks and its mobility issues. Block walking through your communities, I have spoken with people that have mobility issues, that have issues trying to transcross their different neighborhoods. I think it's important that we address that. I think it's important for the mobility of the citizens of Kyle to have something that they can be proud of and can go from point A to point B, whether you are handicapped or whether you're able walking, to take advantage of all these beautiful places throughout. But not, and most, most importantly, to take advantage of the services that would be important for people that could be mobility challenged. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Mr. McCutcheon, you have two minutes. Why should I vote for you? Because of my wonderful smile. You should probably vote for me if you have faith in me. You should vote with me if you think that I can make a change in this city. I've lived here 15 years. I'm a taxpayer just like y'all. I work hard for my money, and sometimes I work paycheck to paycheck too. I stand for your interest. I love this city, and I love the people who live in it. And if you want to have a transparent government, you want to have a public servant, you have a question, you call me, I'll find an answer for you. If I don't know it, we'll learn it together. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Villalobos, you have two minutes. You should vote for me because I am a tirelessly working public servant. I do this as my profession. It doesn't matter what time of day or night. I am here and I am accessible. My phone is going off at all hours because I have to address those issues. Because a lot of times when it's in that late hour and you have someone that has a concern that needs to be addressed, it's important that we address it that way. I am bringing that partnership building, that community engagement through different programming pieces such as I want to use our local channel for engagement of information. I want to recreate our website for accessibility of information. I want to engage the community at their level within their communities to answer questions. I can call upon the experts of our city to come with me to engage those questions. You all have specific questions that are relative and sensitive to you. And I want to be able to engage that. I want to be able to engage it and have an answer. If I, can't, if I don't have the answer, I want the experts there to address that answer. So that when we make a decision on behalf of your community and on behalf of the city, that it comes with well-rounded perspective, well -rounded perspective, that it's sensitive to the quality of life issues that you have, and it's insensitive to the, to the bigger planning and the global planning of this particular community. So engagement. Bring someone that's going to be transparent with that piece, but at the same time engage the community to educate them to be a part of the change, to be a part of the growth, and to gain your perspective. Thank you, Mr. McCutcheon. We have 30 seconds. I actually agree with Alex. He's right. We have to be accessible to you. If you have an issue, you call us and you tell us what that is. I don't want people to text me or email me. I'm not on the computer. I'm not in digital cyberspace. I'm right here with you here in Kyle, in Plum Creek, and in District 4. So you call me. There's a lot of issues here that we have in the city. Growth is one of them. Taxes. Let's all learn together how we can fix this together. 
I'm, I'm going to be your instrument at the city council to make life better for you and give a better quality of life. Thank you. Okay, Mr. Villalobos, we have the same question. What will you do with the corruption going on at the city of Kyle? You have two minutes. Corruption is, to combat corruption is all about visibility and transparency and community engagement with regards to the operational piece of our city governance. I believe the mitigation plan for that is to engage the community one-on-one -on -one with every piece of information that we possibly can, that we vet that information through our, our own general counsel before it comes out to ensure that we are addressing items appropriately, but that we engage you, that you bring you to the table. We sit down, ask all those questions. We put you out in the public where we need to be, promote engagement by our administrators within our organization, not just us, but also the officials that we have that represent us in the operational piece, whether it's public works, whether it's law enforcement, whether it's um, our, our, our governance areas, whether it's code enforcement, all those pieces so we can have a good understanding. I believe that when you leave no rock unturned and it's completely open and available to see, that is how we combat and mitigate corruption in, at any level. The next most important thing with the two pieces to that is accountability, is that you have to hold people accountable to the overall operational plan. We have to hold people accountable to the things that we are tasking them with, with this budget plan, with the planning, with, 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 with the growth planning that we have. We have to hold them accountable. So both, both sides, performance evaluation and accountability and, and definitely ac accountability. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. McCutcheon. First of all, I talked to my neighbor the other night, asked him if he was going to vote. And he said, no, we're not. What amazes me, when we have a federal election, people go in throes to the polls to vote, but not on our local elections. And I ask you all this evening, and tell me if I'm wrong, what impacts you more, a federal level government or a local government? One of the biggest taboos that we do now in our society is we're basing what our city's doing on social media. Ron, if you want to know what's going on in your city, you are the government. Pick up the phone and call your city hall. Talk to Mr. Mohit in the county. Talk to Scott Sellers. Talk to me, your district representative, so I can find out those answers for you. Corruption right now has been based on spending. It is based on our debt. And if you really want to get the honest answers to those questions, contact your city staff and get it from them. Relying on social media puts a fire under a pot with no water. All it does is overheat and overheat, and eventually it's going to crack. And that's going to create a problem in the infrastructure of our citizenship in this city. So, we want to avoid corruption. We have transparency. We have transparency currently with the government. But the only way you're going to know that is to contact your local government. Thank you. Thank you. We have 30 seconds. 30 seconds for rebuttal to that. Again, when we talk about corruption, it is vital that we continue to engage each other. When we talk about communication, we have to use all avenues of communication. We have various different demographics throughout here.
Everybody's a different age. Everybody comes from a different location. We have to engage the social media. We have to engage the standard newspapers. We have to engage the telephone. We have to engage the, the TV because we have to reach out everybody. To get a good perspective, we have to reach Thank everyone. Thank you. Okay, um, Mr. McCutcheon, are we getting too many apartment developments in Kyle? A lot of people ask me that. Some people are under the impression that if they have an apartment developed in their subdivision, that their property taxes will go up, and that's really not the truth. That will not happen. We need more, not necessarily affordable housing in Kyle, but supportable housing. Apartments in our city are a good transition point for families who want to buy a home in our city. Gives them, and, and I should know this, I was in the moving business 21 years. And when you sell your house and you move to a new city with your family, you're scoping out the school districts, you're looking at the city itself, the people who live there, trying to get a feel for the community and see if it's a good fit for you and your family. Apartments are a good transition point for that. Um, if you'd like to see less apartments in your city, I urge you to go to planning and zoning committee meetings. Look at the overall uh, overlay plan, I believe. I don't know the exact word, Dex, you were using it earlier. But look over the, the overall planning and what we do, and you have a say in that. If you think that, no, I don't want an apartment complex this close to my subdivision, then voice that opinion. If, if nobody hears from us, and I say us because I'm the government too, if no one hears from us, they're going to assume it's okay. Let the developer build it. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Villalobos. I believe we need to have a balanced growth with regards to multi-family buildings. And I know that with the current growth and with residential growth in particular, is that the imbalance of commercial growth coming in. And how do we balance that and how does that affect the ability to have or to maybe mitigate some of the multi-family uh, uh, dwellings throughout the city? That's a balance. We have to balance those particular positions within our community. Now, when we have multi-use or multi-family centers such as apartment buildings, the city appears to be balancing throughout the city. They're not all in one spot. But we also see that there is a, a, a creative piece, and I don't know that that is a, 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 an engagement piece on behalf of the city, to produce certain elements to the community that they are in. But I think from my perspective, I want to promote a more well-rounded communication piece with them to ensure that, that if they're going to be put in a spot, that we are gaining something from that, not taking away something, right? We have to balance our, our, our affordable housing within this area, and we have to be ready for that growth but I believe that the commercial growth will affect how we address those particular pieces. And we are imbalanced in that particular area. We need to promote commercial growth that balances both our residential areas, but also the affordable housing options that we have. How does that do that? Well, that mitigates through taxes. Do we have the current profile in our particular area to support certain types of industries? Well, we're still in that growth piece. I don't think we're there yet. We have had opportunities, but why are they not here? And particular employment centers that allow a living wage to stay and live here and purchase here. The industries that we have been bringing, 
have been at minimum wage or lower, and they can't purchase here. They have to use that affordable housing piece, right? Thank you. You have 30 seconds, Mr. McCutcheon. 30 seconds. Well, the commercial part was good, but we are talking about the apartments right now. So once again, as I said, guys, if y'all want to see less apartments, though I still think they're a good transition for new families, and eventually if the rents can come down a little bit, would actually be some supportable housing for some business that we'll have down the road based on what kind of rate they pay their employees. Um, let your voice be heard. Speak out to your city, your planning and zoning commission. Let them know that you have a concern about an apartment complex being in a certain area, and they can work in and take it from there. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we have one last question. I'll just go ahead and ask that. Um, Mr. Villalobos, what will you do to bring down our water bills? I believe we, with our water bills, and going to one of the city council meetings and how they really addressed it specifically and scientifically on how they gauged and took samples throughout the community was very detailed. But I believe the missing piece to that with regards to water bills is I think we need to engage the community to come in or go out to those communities like I want to do to kind of educate how those particular things happen and how they work. What is affecting those rates? whether it's going to be agreements with other organizations that are coming into the city, whether it's going to be agreements uh, with, uh, with developers coming in, how is that all going to be addressed? How do we address the water bill or the utility bill for the person like myself that is paying those high rates as well, that is in there with you? Well, I think it needs to be a, a critical assessment. I think the plan with regard to taking larger samples within certain areas, comparing them with the other water providers to get a better understanding and a more critical assessment on how we can mitigate those costs and gain ideas from those particular organizations and bring them to the community to see if that's something that they want to make a decision on. Is this the best plan to mitigate those expenses? So again, if I had to say, I think it's going to require the help of the community to gain a better understanding so that I can provide ideas and avenues and perspectives so that we can affect a livable, you know, a livable uh, um, utility bill. I think it's important that we do that. Without that, then it's just governance for me, my own perspective, and I don't want that. I need, we need your help. We need to engage you on those very important decisions. And I think from those perspectives coming back in, I think we can come up with a plan that is sensible, that is sensitive to all of our quality of life issues. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. McCutcheon. Well, we've talked a little bit about this this evening, but I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't know why our water bills are higher. I don't. And I'm concerned about it, too. Mr. Mohit has said that the city's had annual audits on the system billing since 2004, and we have 99.99% accuracy. Okay. I'd like to know more. Why is it up? Is there, is there a charge that we're not aware of somewhere? So I'm also interested in that. And once in office, let me look into it for y'all. But I'm not going to sit here tonight and pretend like I know the answer to it because I'm in, in the dark as well as y'all are on it. Thank you. Thank you. You have 30 seconds if you'd like to rebut. 30 seconds. Well, the darkness is because we're not critically assessing appropriately. We're not engaging our community and we're not engaging those particular entities to have a better understanding on what, what, what approaches 
and what uh, initiatives we can take on to mitigate those pieces. I think it's important. Although I don't know specifically, I have sat down and looked at the governance of that piece. They have gone over it detail, detail by detail, and I have a pretty good understanding on how the city, the utility bill by the, that's governed by the city is. But again, none of the out exterior entities were brought into understanding that particular piece better, and I think we need to engage a lot better. Thank you. Ms. McCutcheon, could you give your three-minute closing, please? Thank you all so much for the opportunity to meet with all of you all this evening. It's been an honor and a privilege. In 2003, our mayor then, the late James Atkins, had a vision. A vision that would have, no one would have believed could become a reality. A vision to change the face of Kyle forever. That dream was the construction of the expansion of 1626 Kyle Parkway Project a project that called for the first bridge over a railway in northern Hayes County, a project that would create an infrastructure that would lead to a thriving business community here in Kyle with small and large business, apartments, retirement communities, learning centers, and eating establishments. There is still a large portion of our city that will require further infrastructure and economic development. It is our responsibility to ensure that we continue on this path of growth, not so much for us, but for our future generations of families, business owners, and people employed locally in this city. To leave a legacy of responsible growth and quality of life that will lead to the continued development of jobs, tourism, parks, and mobility for our citizens. A foresight that will be commended a hundred years from now. Kyle is in a crossroads of change and growth. Let us look forward to creating a city that will be a model for others to follow, a model that we will all be proud to have witnessed and be a part of. I would be honored to serve you and to help be part of such a phenomenal and worthwhile endeavor. God bless Kyle, God bless Texas, and God bless this great nation. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Villalobos. As I grow in this particular community, I've been here since 2004, and I have engaged individuals from a consistent basis, not only in my vocation, but also as I'm a current public servant, one-on-one, -on -one, to create opportunities not only for all of us, but to create opportunities for my family, create opportunities for economic development, create opportunities for governance, create opportunities for public safety. And I take it very personal. I tirelessly work in many different ways because I feel an obligation to my community, something that I will impart to my children, that I will impart to my community, that I will impart as an educator as well, that your engagement is key. We cannot we cannot ensure that we are not engaging all of us into the governance of our, of, our, of our local government, with our regional government, in areas of business development, creating incentives to bring in employment centers here, creating the image in the marketing place of our city, within crime, to address the burglaries, to address property damage and criminal mischief throughout our community. 
to address emergency response. When I was block walking in some of these areas, how do we get a fire truck in some of these places? When we're talking about overall planning from beginning till now, was the community engaged on that piece in creating that plan? When you can't get a fire truck or an ambulance down the street to help someone, that we're not addressing the mobility issues on our sidewalks appropriately and balanced throughout the city, that I can't walk downtown on a sidewalk all the way from my house to there to get services that I need on behalf of the government that, I, that represents me. With regards to development, is being out front, being consistent, being early with information, being accessible with information, engaging you on a one-on-one, -on -one, going to your communities, your neighborhoods, and talking about those things, and what are the best ways we can create a plan that is sensitive to your quality of life issues. I want, and I would be honored, to carry that obligation, that passion, that tirelessly work ethic that I have presented in this community on many different facets to represent you in that particular manner. I will be tireless in that manner, and I will engage, and you will know me because I will be in your communities on a consistent, regular basis, making sure that I understand what those quality of life issues are for you and for you. Thank you. Thank you for your coming out. I will appreciate your support. I'm proud to be here with all of you, and I'm proud to engage you on a very personal level today. Thank you. Thank you. I think we have enough time. We'll take a 10-minute break, and I'd like to get the mayor, mayoral candidate set up during that break, so you'll want to stretch a minute.